And away we go. It's Monday. Man, oh, man. What a weekend that was. i got to be honest with you, though. Uh, the folks up there in the Ottawa Valley, you know, whatever else we might have endured here in terms of wind and some trees in my neighborhood came down and the police tape was across. I mean, more than just the usual occurrences, but it was there and uh, it was blocking traffic and people had to make our yeah, look alternative arrangements they had to go around the block come in from a different direction but nonetheless you know i mean nice mature leafy trees they come down and uh it does change i guess the uh the neighborhood somewhat but man i can't believe what happened in ottawa as we were reporting it on friday afternoon Mm -hmm. you know tornadoes touching down and uh you never think it's just going to be like a war zone and uh, yet that's what turned out to be the case. If you've seen any of the pictures, it's uh, rather arresting. You say, man, uh, again, tornadoes on occasion, we do get them, right? I mean, we had one in Barrie, uh, I don't know, maybe what, 12, 15 years ago. And uh, they come up that corridor through south central Ontario and kind of sometimes follow like Highway 7 for whatever reason. But uh, this is where it ended up in the Ottawa Valley. And uh, to his credit, Doug Ford took a trek out there on the weekend. And uh, I just remember him saying, oh, my God, what a mess. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves and try to repair the damage. Oh, no, hang on. That was on Friday when they saw what the Liberals had left in terms of the $15 billion of misappropriated funding. But he said something similar to that on Saturday. Trust Mm -hmm. me on that point. Uh, So there you go. Uh, (laughs) He's not wrong. We're going to have to roll up our sleeves. And he's done that. Or at least he's promising to by striking this committee. He talked for it, uh, talked about it, uh, putting a committee together, I guess, of six PCs and three NDPs. What? No Liberals? Uh, Why could that... How could that possibly be? This isn't full participation. Somewhere along the line, uh, diversity is not our strength, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but this is what he's talking about, a committee that would look into the province's physical situation, dig further into it, because he vows to hold the previous regime accountable. He says we deserve answers and the government must act in a transparent fashion. It's time we restore people's faith in their government so that the people of Ontario can rest and be reassured that there's a government, will, their government will always protect the interest of the people. That their government will not tolerate political corruption or financial scandals. Well, all right. Uh, you know, in the aftermath of it, I guess uh, a lot of us are reeling at the number, $15 billion. But some are saying, well, twas ever thus. You know, it's just one of those things. You inherit uh, the file from the previous government, and you shouldn't be surprised to find out that maybe the cupboard is bare, or it's even worse uh, than what you had anticipated. Twas ever thus. And this is just petty, vindictive politicking now, or maybe worse, that he's what he's doing is priming the pump for more cuts, as some of the critics have suggested. But Ford's flabbergasted, flabbergasted that... Some people don't recognize this as what he calls the biggest scandal in the history of the province. I was actually shocked at the press conference the other day when some of the media were saying, well, what's the big deal? That's staggering. What do, what do you mean, what's the big deal? It's $15 billion, the biggest scandal in Ontario's history. It's unbelievable. All right, well, you know, Kathleen Wynne, for what it's worth, uh, she's criticized Ford's idea of this committee to continue to drill down on the misappropriation of all this money saying things are not off to a good start. The committee interestingly is made up of only um, conservative and NDP members, six conservatives, three NDP as I understand it. So 
the liberal members are not even included in the uh, the uh, the committee. So that, just as a starting point, seems um, really like a, a very bad start to the whole process. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> she she wants to be, uh, I guess, her members to be consulted. I don't know if they could even form a quorum at this point. What, they're not even a party. There's seven of them in the legislature. She's one such. This is the reason that Ford has struck the committee. What, uh, she's actually going to tell us where the bodies are buried? Are you kidding me? That's insanity. <laughs> you know, so Ford, Ford is... Uh, really drilling down on this in a way that some are saying is necessary to do, and I'm in full agreement with that because, you know, this is kind of one of those things that I was going to call it a crime, and maybe that's yet to be determined, but uh, there's no statute of limitations on this. And too often, we tend to think, well, let's move on. It's a new day dawning. We've got a new government. Let bygones be bygones. And that's all part of the problem, you see. That attitude is what does a grave disservice to the taxpayer. Because no one is held to account after the fact. And don't you get it? This collective amnesia is what got us here in the first place, provincially and federally. We tend to forget these profligate spenders. They come in with all of their pet projects and progressive approaches to things. And then, you know, it's a cycle. It's almost like the seasons. One follows the next. And so after the damage is done, it's like after the Bob Ray years. Mike Harris had to come in and wield the axe and, of course, try to set things right. Get it back to a point, a semblance of common sense. It was a common sense revolution to put the fiscal house in order and move forward. So he's the blue meanie. And then the next time around, uh, you end up getting the government you deserve, I guess, because you forget these lessons of the past. And as the man once said, you do that, you're doomed to repeat them. And Doug Ford wants to make this an incessant reminder, and it's important to do to follow up. And here we are, what, uh, we're just a couple of months into the mandate, and already Kathleen Wynne is suggesting that, well, there's no liberals on the committee, and this is not the right way to approach it. They're not off to a good start. <laughs> they're, they're trying to repair 15 years of a colossal cock-up. Are you kidding me? Well, by the way, Kathleen Wynne denies that any deception has taken place. I am completely clear and sure that we revealed everything about what we were doing Is in the financial realm. Well, I, you know, it was interesting. I was listening to his uh, remarks to his caucus this morning, and there was, you know, there was language that was very, very inflamed. And I, I don't know what he's got to back up the uh, the claims that he's making, the allegations that he's making. You'll have to talk to him about that. Right. What has he got to back it up? Four independent audits ongoing, plus this committee now that's going to drill down on it. If he's had the numbers come out on Friday that sort of smacked him upside the head, and he did give advance notice. He kind of had intimated in uh, gatherings just, you know, about a week or two ago uh, at the plowing match, in fact, last Tuesday out there in uh, Chatham-Kent, that people were not going to like what they see. And... uh it's kind of like Cornelius and Zero. Remember in Planet of the Apes when they told Charlton Heston, yeah, you can go to the other side, but you're not going to like what you find. <laughs> and it was the Statue of Liberty kind of buried in the beach. Spoiler alert in case you haven't seen the original. I love the movie references. Well, you know, on occasion, I got to go down uh, Cinematic Boulevard. But this is where Doug Ford has decided he's striking this committee. And I'll, let's open the lines because uh, I wanted to get around to some other issues here. In fact, uh, the federal liberals are catching some heat from the conservatives up in the House because they can't explain how it is that a Halifax man 
who murdered an off-duty police officer in Truro, Nova Scotia back in 2012, is collecting veteran affairs uh, benefits for a claim of PTSD. And get this, his lawyer claims he's got the PTSD from killing this woman. The liberals won't answer questions. Trudeau shut them off, shut the conservatives off. And uh, so we're going to speak to Phil McCollman, who's the shadow minister for veteran affairs here at uh, the bottom of the hour. But first, I wanted to take your calls on this issue of Doug Ford, our first order of business on the Monday edition. There are other things before the courts and, uh, you know, Dellen Millard being found guilty of first degree murder which is an interesting story in and of itself because uh, originally had been deemed that uh, dad committed suicide. And uh, in court today, cheers rang out from the families of uh, his previous victims. Tim Bosma, you might remember the Hamilton, a Lancaster gentleman who uh, went for, you know, a test drive of his truck and never seen again, or at least never returned home. And then Laura Babcock, a woman that Millard had been seeing, I guess, uh, and, uh, she, too, he was found guilty in the, the case of her murder. So two strikes against them. This the third one. And uh, Clayton Babcock, by the way, Laura's dad, pleased by the Crown's call for an additional 25 years of parole in, a, in, a, in eligibility. See, the idea is uh, it's very rare that you have consecutive sentences. Usually they're concurrent in the Canadian system. In America, you can go away for 900 years. You know, serial killer, mass murder, whatever, you know, 19 lifetimes should you come back, you know, and if there's time travel and you return from the future, you're still doing time in the bin. But anyway, in this case, uh, Mr. Babcock feels it's still a sad day for all the families despite this ruling. This has been another emotional day for many people. It's been proven that not only have the Bosmas and ourselves lost a loved one, the Millard family must live with the fact that this heinous individual murdered his own father. We feel for Wayne's relatives, save for one. Right. And, you know, that's the curiosity to me, because originally the investigation uh, accepted that this was a suicide because Millard even testified to that effect. And he must have hoodwinked. I don't know. Maybe that's the case with these psychopaths, that they have the ability to uh, lie with a straight face and sound convincing, which doesn't, you know, give me a lot of uh, comfort to know that, that these people, I mean, this is an evil beyond the pale we can't even start to i guess build it into the equation but clayton babcock went on to say he believes that evil indeed triumphs when good men do nothing for all of you who knew or suspected what mullard and smith had done to laura and did not come forward earlier we again say shame on you your inactions have indirectly led to two additional murders for those of you who came forward and did the right thing we wish you nothing but the best moving forward for all those out there who believe that the sentence of an additional 25 years to Mr. Millard's 50 years is too harsh, we say, you haven't dealt with this kind of sorrow. Right. I don't know who would say that. I mean, oh, well, I shouldn't be uh, presumptuous because we do have a case. I'm going to talk about this before the top of the hour. Uh, a judge, a superior court judge in the province, just sentencing a young black man on a gun violation. Uh well, basically, he said, uh, we understand you're, you've been up against it. You've had the deck stacked against you because of racial inequality, systemic racism, and all the rest of that. And the kid went, hey, thanks, Your Honor. Uh, see you later. And uh, basically, he walks. He walks because the judge gave him the benefit of the doubt, which to me, 
the interesting thing is uh, the judge talked about racism. Well, this is a different form of bigotry. It's the soft bigotry of lower expectations where uh, you believe that somebody is not individually responsible because there were root causes societally. And so therefore, uh, since he's really had this rough road to hoe in this country, I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to convince me of that, but we'll speak to that issue right now. I wanted to speak first and foremost to the Doug Ford striking this committee. Kathleen Wynne's not impressed. It's going to involve nine people in total. Six will be PCs, three from the NDP. And really what it's all about is drilling down further on the finances of the province and how we got to such a dire state that we're $15 billion in hawk. That's the deficit going forward. And the debt is now up to 338 billion. Well, make it 340 because it was 338 on Friday, but I'm just assuming it's growing in leaps and bounds. Doug Ford's uh, attitude towards us, they do not just get to walk away from this. We will demand answers about where the money went. And I say amen to that. Some may disagree. I'll hear from you if uh, that's the case. You think, hey, bygones be bygones. Put it in the rearview mirror. You were elected June 7th. Uh, let's just move forward now. And uh, let's not worry about this baggage that's attendant to the province, the taxpayer. And uh, or more to the point, some some of the critics believe that Doug Ford is just using this as a pretext. He's priming the pump for more cuts. He's talked about sacrifices needing to be made. How do you see it? Do you think that this is still an important file to really hammer away at and find out where the bodies are buried? Who did the spending? How did we get into such a perilous state? 